I know I had a lot of naysayers of people saying, "No, don't quit your job." But then those people are the ones who are afraid to ever leave their、mm. job. So they're just talking to you from their place of fear. So you always have to remember when people give you advice, they're always talking from their own experience. So you kind of have to like end of the day, you know, you hear what everyone say, but end of the day, you have to see what feels right to you. You know, what what speaks to you the most, what is your truth. So that all boils down to self awareness again and spirituality, your self awareness. So of course, we all need to hear what other people have to say because sometimes you might not have thought about what they say, right? And you're like.、Hmm, Okay, then you compile all that. It's like, okay, what makes the most sense to me? Then, then you still make your own decisions in the end based on what makes you feel good. Hello, and welcome to Inside Out. My name is Billy Samoa Salibi, and I'm your host. This show is all about insights and explores how transformational moments of awakening have helped propel the lives and careers of exceptionally successful people. These major breakthroughs teach valuable lessons that will help us in business and in life. On this episode, we get to know Christine Tay and learn about her entrepreneurial journey that's rooted in spirituality. We learn about a traumatic event that happened in the fourth grade that had a massive impact on her life. She shares her story of how she immigrated to the U.S. from the Philippines at 20 years old, and how most of her life she struggled to find true happiness in the nine-to-five world. It wasn't until a spiritual awakening in 2016 that she began to find her true life purpose, which is to help people take charge of their money by making smart financial decisions. After leaving her job only a year ago, she's developed a thriving coaching business with raving fans. We learn about her journey taking the plunge to leave corporate life and begin this new chapter. She shares exactly how she found success, including walking us through how she started a financial blog and built a following on LinkedIn of nearly 50,000 people. One of the things that makes Christine amazing is that she attracts things into her life, and she's a big believer in the power of intuition and listening to instincts. Her story is truly inspiring, and I'm so happy to share it on this episode of Inside Out. Christine Tay, welcome to Inside Out. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate being on the podcast with you. <laughs> well, here's the deal: I was following you from the very beginning, and we recently became connected on LinkedIn. We started talking about the podcast, and here we are today. I'm so excited to learn your story because, much like my own story, we both left our corporate jobs last year, and you have been absolutely crushing it. You're just so well known on LinkedIn, almost forty-five thousand followers. But more important than that, you've built a sustainable business through your clients that you coach, that you help with the financial aspects of their lives, as well as helping with LinkedIn and helping them grow their own business. So, but I want to hear your story from you. So, I'd love to know. I know you came here as a 20-year-old from the Philippines. So, I want to go back as far as you can. Maybe go back to your childhood. This show is all about insights. It's about those moments in our lives that stand out that have had a significant, important. Sort of trajectory life moment where we made a pivot, 
and something just clicked where something was so important to us that we just said, wow, my life's going to change as a result. So why don't we go back and tell me the Christine Tay story? So in the Philippines, I was raised in Holo, Sulu. So it's, it's a country predominantly there's a lot of Muslims there. And then like people, you know, there's rebels in that city. So I was in fourth grade. My parents told me to move to another city because like the rebels were starting to come to the downtown. And like there was one moment that I could remember they're shooting all over the place. So we literally had to close our business. And I remember we're hiding and this one bullet came into our, our you know, our business. So I think that freaked out my parents. So they, they, I, they couldn't leave the city because my dad has a business there. He was selling raw, raw textile road clothes so he said you know he needed that for a living but my grandma was in another city where it was safer it's called Zamboanga so that's, there's a lot more Chinese people there and so they said you know what you should probably move there so my sister already moved and pretty much my grandma raised my older sister so I was the second to move there so it was fourth grade it was a very sad thing for me moving because I went from a very extroverted person very like I had a lot of friends in this you know I was like one of the popular kid like I I was always asked to do the dancing to do speaking in front of people and then all of a sudden I have to move in fourth grade and I didn't have any friends and it was just very hard to fit in and my grandma wasn't really there to talk to you know there in my culture we don't really talk about that the emotions and stuff like that so you kind of have to handle that on your own so it was very hard for me to try childhood and then even till college like you go to college at age 16 we finally got our um, immigration paper when I was 20 so Mm. it was uh, my aunt petition for my mom so their sisters so because it's sibling relationship not like husband and wife or first degree mom and child so because it was like a second degree relationship or third degree whatever so it took uh, 20 years we waited 20 years for us to get that paper so I wasn't even born yet when my aunt petitioned for my mom so it was a really long time so when we got that it was a dream come true a lot of people from the Philippines wants to move here I mean if you look at the currency you won't make any money there. Like it's it's literally it's very very hard to make money there. Yeah. Right. Like, but even me, like, if I want to retire, I can just go back to the Philippines. I can probably retire now because it's the cost of living is like so right. low. Like you can live on five hundred dollars. You know, thousand dollars will be you live like a queen. You don't even need a thousand dollars each month. That's like way more than enough, right? That's why there's a lot of nomads who live in Asia because they can live there a long time with the money that they have. And your parents exactly. are originally from China, correct? Or where are your parents originally from? No, my grandparents came from China. Grandparents, okay. So then my, my parents were born and raised in the Philippines. Got it, okay. Then I was a second generation born and raised in the Philippines. Okay. So I moved here in when I was 20 years old. So it was it was hard to, now I'm in a new country. And then I was just sad and depressed for a long time. And I think 20 till like, till I was 36. Well, I'm, I'm 39 now. So 36, like, it was a long time. I was just, I was just very depressed and lonely. I think like what happened, like, what shifted when I was 36 was that, you know, I just wasn't happy with my career. You know, I was driven. Like, it's just part of our culture. I was raised to be driven, to be very good with my money, to finish college degree no matter what. Although I was very glad for that training, quote unquote, because then I was happy to get my undergrad. My undergrad was in computer science. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a useful degree because I got a good job. So, I was happy about that at least. So, I was in data analytics for a long time when I moved here. 
I was working full time and then going to school at nights and weekends. I had no life. That was all I did. And then I did that for five years till I got my degree. Then my first real job was in data analytics. So I was in Wells Fargo first data. They were a um, partnership. You know, they were merchant payment services. So I stayed there for a couple of years and I was shift going back and forth between different jobs. But yeah, I was in data analytics for a very, very long time. Then when I was at Visa, I realized like, you know, this is not the career I want to be. Like, I just, you're just not happy. Like, you don't know what you're, like, what am I doing here? I'm not, like, passionate about doing what I'm doing, data analytics. They always ask you during performance review, right? Remember those performance uh, review? Uh, of course. I hate those. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Who those likes times. Them? Who like, likes them, right? I'm like, yeah, and then I have to, like, say something great about myself. I'm like, what am I going to say? Like, it's like, <laughs> and you have to know how to, you know? So anyway, I never liked those performance reviews. So they always ask you, what do you want to be three years from now, five years from now? And I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, I just always say to be promoted to the next level. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just, I, I just realized, you know what? I, I don't want to do this. And then, like, 2016, I think I had my first real heartbreak. And then I think that's what got me to actually, um, you know, get into spirituality. So to really look inside. Because for a long time, I never, I never listened to my intuition. I just, like, I always just push it aside. Like, we, we were, I was never raised to be spiritual, to actually you know to look internally and stuff like that it just it was just not part of my culture i wish it was you know if i ever have kids which i'm not going to but if i ever have kids and raise kids like i would teach them to grow up spiritual to be very self-aware to really look internally trust your gut feelings you know so so 2016 was a big year for me i really got into spirituality meditation I took a lot of classes. I live in Silicon Valley. So, I mean, you know, Bay Area, right? There's a lot of spiritual stuff around here. You can find it anywhere. I hired a spiritual life coach too. And then that's what shifted. She encouraged me to, you know, why don't you try um, doing some sort of financial coaching? Because I really love talking about money. I really love into it. Like, I just felt it was just my gift. And she said, you know, try it out just with friends or whatever. You know, you have a full-time job and then there's nothing to lose. That's right. And then, because I was like, who's, pay me to do financial coaching <laughs> like like that's like like i always think everybody was good with money because in the philippines we use cash you know in oh, most really? asia that's that's it most asia yeah most asian culture uh, or, or countries they still use cash if you go thailand japan they still predominantly cash i mean they accept credit card now but still predominantly cash we went to japan two years ago and then you know they prefer cash almost everywhere mm. so um yeah so so of course if you have cash you can't spend more than you have, right? Because it's cash. <laughs> so here in America, it's just part of a culture. Credit card, $10,000 limit. Oh, yeah, you only have to pay minimum payment. That's it. Yes, go ahead. Keep charging. And then credit card, love it if you carry a balance, right? Because that's what, how they make money from your interest rate, course, right? Yes. Yes. I was really surprised that when I started doing this work, like, wow, people have so much debt. Like, it was it was unbelievable seeing credit card debt, student loan debt. But so I realized, yeah, a lot of people here in this country need my help. So in the beginning, I was just helping my friends because I, I wanted to just like see how it is. And I told them, hey, if you like the work that I do, um, you know, can you write me a review? So here in Bay Area, Yelp is a big thing, right? Everybody looks on the Yelp for everything. So if you're a business, you have to be on Yelp. 
So, so yeah, so I started asking them, you know, can you write me a review? You're happy with my work. So they wrote me a review. When I got five reviews, people start to find me and I had my website. I start writing blogs. So yeah. And it was funny. My first client was actually from the East coast. He said he found my website. No way. So wow. I don't know how he found it. He just Googled. So I was like, okay, I guess my SEO is somehow working. So that was my first client and that I got paid in September, 2016. And, you know, I was so happy to get my first pay for something on the site i never thought was gonna make me money so then i started just having more clients you know they're all really from yelp like the first two years they're all yelp predominantly yelp and then once in a while there's some friends here and there so then i did that for two and a half years while building my business and if someone has to ask me how to run their business i wouldn't tell them otherwise do it while you're working mm. full time you know, do not quit your job, you know, because it's just it. I have friends who like they're so excited. They're like, yeah, I'm going to quit my job and then I'm going to make it. I'm going to be like millionaires or whatever, six figure digit, because you guess you see so much coaches out there, you know, marketing. Yeah, I can help you get to six digits, five digit. I'm like, oh, there's all bullshit. Sorry. Like, it's like, <laughs> no, it's 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 very hard work. You know, like, I mean, even me, right. I really only had one month when I made five digit and that doesn't bother me and then, no it doesn't bother me because i love the lifestyle i'm living i might be making less money than i was in corporate but i love my lifestyle i love my schedule i'm profitable i i have a retirement model that works for me till i'm 90 years old and that's what matters to me a lot of people come to me they always like oh do i have enough money christine to retire on like join it millions how am i doing compared to the others and then i'm like don't compare yourself to other people you know you don't know how much you need we have to focus on what do you need in retirement what kind of retirement lifestyle make you happy so let's focus on you i mean if you want to live in asia that makes you happy you want to be a nomad the rest of your life but i don't think that's you know most people want to be stable at some point in time but if that's what you want then you probably don't need as much money so we have to see what makes you happy that person who needs millions they might want a mansion and all of that stuff then they're gonna need to work a lot harder and then you know have startup whatever millions and millions of dollars because that's the lifestyle they want but sometimes there's probably issues underneath it like why they want to you know mansions and stuff but for most people i think you know generally most average people they're pretty happy with you know what you have with the basic necessity necessities like you have food clothing and then some of the luxuries you have and you don't need millions and millions of dollars for that so that's why i feel like the rat race sometimes is you know it's it, it makes no sense it's very stressful and then a lot of people are just not happy at corporate but they just don't know what to do with their life but in, in the end really if the rat race make you stressful then you have to think about something else you know because something you don't even need to be like to go keep moving up in the corporate world and i just i just never like the po politics in the corporate, you know, people always judging you by your title and stuff like that. So, yeah. So this money, like this, whatever I have is just priceless, you know, compared to the life I live. Right. Yeah. Well, there is there is mm -hmm. something to be said for the freedom, the ability to create your own schedule. That is worth money, right? In a, in a, in a big sense, because exactly. there's nothing more valuable than time. I love your story. In particular, I love that you found spirituality in 2016, and that had a life-changing effect on you. I'm curious, before that, you, you had mentioned that from the time you were in a fourth grader, and mm -hmm. bullets are flying by your head, and you have to move away from where you're at, it was a traumatic experience, for sure, right? You had this lifestyle, yeah. you were an extrovert, you were a, a happy kid, and you went from that to being out of your element and being in a new area, and, and that's got to 
clearly yeah. have an impact on you. And then you come here to, to the U.S. as a 20-year-old. And to your own admission, it was a depressing time all the way until probably it sounds like you found this spirituality. When was it that you decided to at least look into this? Because you said you got a, a life coach, but something inspired that move. What, what was it that inspired that move? I mean, how did you first find it? Because I know you're big into the law of attraction. So it, I don't know if you've seen The Secret, but I, I, proposed, to, yeah. I proposed to my wife after we watched The Secret. Um, oh. Literally, it wasn't planned or anything. We went on a walk. Yeah. It was the day after Christmas. I got down on my knee yeah. and I proposed. And it, it was just, it just, it felt like the right thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. We've been married 12 years, almost our 12th year, oh, 12, wow. 12 year anniversary. Thank you. But I'm a huge believer in this law of attraction. I know you are yeah. too, reading your blogs and knowing that if you ask the world for something, you, you will get it. So I'm curious, when did you have that realization and how did you make the transition to have this spiritual side of you? You know, I think I've always been spiritual. Like I've always been interested and intrigued by like, psychics or like people who who can do readings and stuff like that but as i journey into the spirituality we are all psychics you know some some more in tune than others so i i'm not really into like too big of a woo-woo like some people are really into that but but i do trust in that intuition like we have this different ability you know i think i'm more clairsentient you know some people are clairvoyant and then so i did study all of that too and and you know i just how i really got into it because i just got so much validation you know like you you just know like when you write you have to trust that like many times before i think my instinct was telling me something but i just never listened to mm-hmm. it and later on you're like yeah my instinct tuned out right. you, so you i were just, tuned out of it you you weren't listening to it yeah i just didn't want to listen to my best friend like you know that's why i post a lot about that you know listen to your intuition because that's your 24 7 free advisor right there with you <laughs> free guide free mentor yeah. like use it you don't even have to pay for it so you just have to know how to tune in like it's just so important like i really feel like my success with my business has to really do a lot with that one like tuning in and always like have a high vibration always be grateful always be happy always be nice to people and then you know because the thing is that um to be to be honest with you like how i got linkedin life was because i made friend with someone who who works at linkedin because there was a point when they were research they were doing research and interviewing a bunch of content creator i was one of the one that was picked to ask question i mean i'm not allowed to share what we talk about but but then i became friends with him afterward and then i think he he really liked me so he recommended for me on linkedin live and i was surprised like it was less than a week typically linkedin live for people they say take them forever they have to keep reapplying mm. so i was like so surprised oh i got linkedin live so that just tells you you know be nice to people you know give value and then when i post like I focus on giving value. Like there was a post I did, like when I reached, I don't know, 35 or 40K, I said, okay, these are the questions I ask when I post. What value does my my audience get? Second, will my audience laugh from this post? Okay, so I like to make people laugh. I Hopefully I'm funny. So third, I mean, um, does, will this inspire them? Will this make them feel good? Will this motivate them? And then fourth, will they learn something new? So usually I, I focus that on my brand, which is money, tax, or money mindset. So those are the things I want them to learn. And then um, lastly, will this get let them get to know me as a person? Mm. Because I wanted to get to know me too. Who am I? You know, who is Christine Tay? You know? I don't want to because the reason why people sometimes choose you over someone else who offers similar product or services is because they like you. You know, it's your personal brand. 
So that's why it's very important. Like when people ask me, like, no, what do you post on LinkedIn? Okay, should I share personal stuff? I said, yeah, I think you should let people know you a little bit. You know, like when I went on LinkedIn Live, like I was barely ready, and then people just say hi, hi, and then they're just <laughs> asking me a bunch of questions. What did you do? What did you eat? I'm like, okay, sure. I'm like, awesome. okay. I'm, <laughs> and that <laughs> just happened, right? You just had that moments ago, correct? Your first LinkedIn Live by accident, yes, almost. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was testing it because I, I was trying it twice and then it wasn't working. I'm like, crap, did I get approved? And then because it says I got approved and then I tried it again and then, whoa, I'm on live. It says I'm on live and people just pop up saying hi. I'm like, okay, sure. I'll hang out there for a little bit. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, okay, so mm-hmm. I want to talk about the transition that you mm-hmm. made because you had some really, yeah. really important advice and that is don't just walk away from your job and then just immediately try to start a business. What you're suggesting, and I think it's so wise, is to actually, one, have a plan, but two, you can start your business on the side and and really start to understand the inner workings of what it means to have your business kind of going in parallel to your corporate job so that when you do walk away from your job, that you're not just starting from scratch. So can you tell me a little bit about what made you decide to finally leave your job because you said you, you left your job in, I know, I think May of last year, 2019, you started your business in, in 2016. You got your first client probably three years earlier. What was the final factor or factors that you looked at to say, okay, I am going to finally walk away from my job. And that was at Visa, correct? Your last job? Yeah. So I started as a data analyst at Visa. Then I, I switched career to corporate finance because I thought, oh, maybe if I'm in corporate finance, I might stay because I wasn't ready to give up my steady paycheck. And then Visa was a great company. You have very good benefits. You know, it's, it's, it was amazing company. It's a very steady company. No matter what, there's always credit card, right? So I know it's a very good company to to work for so yeah i just wasn't ready i said oh maybe i'll go corporate finance but after a year i was like yeah this i i didn't feel like i belong either and i didn't really care much about the finances of a company i care about the individual finances because then i can make a difference with someone's individual with their individual life and that's what fulfills me Mm. so then i think after a year so when I switched, my boss who hired me gave me a chance. You know, I really love my boss. He gave me a chance. And then, and you know, mostly people won't give you a chance because you never have that experience. But he gave me a chance. He believed in me. So I was really happy about that. So I really love working for him for a year. But he ended up switching uh, companies. I'm like, crap. After he left, yeah. I was literally um, bumped around like three different managers because we had so much reorg. And then it's just it's just frustrating because you had to keep adapting to a new manager. Yeah, and no, then it's like, never easy. Oh, it's like it's like you have no choice. Like you you absolutely have no choice as to your boss. You either have to adapt to the boss, or you find another job. You know, because like or if you're one of the lucky ones, you get a good boss. But sometimes that doesn't always happen. You know. So so yeah, I think like when I kept switch, being switched around, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's working for me. And I I really didn't like like. I, I really didn't like like being like having no control over that. I didn't like that I have a nine to five, like whatever, you know. It, it, I mean, we're not strict on set hours, but it's like, you know, you're nine to five and I, I don't have control over that time. And and I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I think at that time I started thinking after a year, you know what, I think maybe I should, it's time for me to quit my job, you know. So, and then it took me a month of going back and forth. I even did a video about that. Like, I'm like, 
you know like <laughs> yeah i went through the pros and cons do i have the money like when i was looking at my finances like i didn't even make enough last year to to <laughs> to survive so i was really freaking out and then so i talked to several people i posted on facebook in this group for entrepreneurship so i got a lot of support i even talked to two people who's willing to talk to me and they they advised me change your pricing structure change something so and then change your mindset so i talked to some spiritual folks so they say change your mindset because i was so focused on the dollar mm. am i gonna make enough am i gonna make enough like how many clients do i need to make like i was so focused on the dollar it came naturally so to you that that part came naturally yeah, to you exactly exactly then i had to like write everything like on my whiteboard and everything i was like oh i need like this much i'm like is it possible like how much the so i was like freaking out about it and they said no focus on your service what you can provide and then i read the book the universe has your back i don't mm -hmm. know if you read that but that was good too so that shifted my perspective i also found that book as and it is given which talks about the law of attraction and then so it just shifted and i changed my pricing structure no more pay per session because then if you do per session you need a lot more clients so i just sell by packages you know i mean i do offer pay per session too but then it's only very few cases but most of the time it's by packages because right. i want my clients to be committed so that's also better for your pricing structure and then business model so you don't need a lot of clients and i don't want a lot of clients just to survive right so yeah so i changed that and then surprisingly may was my first year because may 3rd was my last day at visa that was a friday and then yeah may may actually turn out good month and I was like really surprised. I think the shift, but change in pricing structure, and then maybe something shift, and I just showed up. I actually had a lot of clients that May, and then ever since, like I've been profitable. The only month I was not profitable was July. That was a summer month. And when I talked to other clients, uh, not other clients, other coaches, they told me, yeah, summer most people are just out traveling. Mm -hmm. They don't really think about coaching. Well. This year's gonna be different. So luckily, this April, um, I was glad that throughout the time. So May, I quit in May. I mean, my first month was May, and then I didn't become very active in LinkedIn till September, and then I start learning about tax. I got my enrolled agent last year because I wanted to to do tax and as well be able to help my clients with their tax returns or just tax questions sure. in general. And then why not just just take the one that because I can't be a CPA that will take forever, right? Enrolled agent was a designation given by the I. IRS. So you can, you know, you can do pretty much you have all the rights of a CPA or unlimited rights in front of the IRS. So I wanted the designation, not the minimum one. So I went for that. I studied for all the three tests that took me six months to actually get the designation. So so I, I, I had tasks and I had that. And then now that I'm doing really well on LinkedIn, so now I'm offering LinkedIn coaching. So I think that's the reason April I will end up being profitable because I have multiple income streams. Sure. And I make sure that I have that, you know, because like business, sometimes business can't survive. And then you want to multiple things too, because who knows later on, something might disrupt the market about this. Then so you want to. You never to, know. You need to be yeah. prepared for, for yep, those sorts exactly. of situations. Yep. I love yep. that you're, you're, you had mindset shift. And I'm curious about something. As you look back, I read one of your articles where you said you were 40%, I believe, over your goal that first month, which surprised you. That was one of your first blog posts. Yep. And I'm curious, you know, you had a lot of your business come from Yelp. And I know that you mentioned in, a, in some of your other, other articles that you tried Facebook ad, didn't see a lot of success, tried Instagram, didn't see a lot of success. Has that changed, one? And then two, when you made the decision to move into more of a LinkedIn focus in September. Talk to me a little bit about that journey, getting into LinkedIn and, and kind of the, the, the gap between May and September. Did you just keep trying 
uh, Facebook and Instagram and just you didn't see success all that time? Or what else were you doing? Because Yelp was just, were you just relying on Yelp at that time? Yes, all that time till September 2016 till I became very active on LinkedIn was mainly predominantly all Yelp. Got it. Yeah, you'll okay. be surprised. I actually got a lot of clients from Yelp. Yeah, what shifted was May. Of course, yeah, I'm full-time, so I had a lot of time. So this is what I want. When you're a full-time business owner, I can just think, what can I do for my business? What can I grow? You had a blog. What can I focus? Yeah, a blog, tax, and I also studied tax. And then I know, like, okay, part of being an entrepreneur, you have to, like, okay, 80% of your business is working on the business, which is like the sales, the marketing, customer service, and probably 10 to 20% of mine is client facing. So a lot of people don't understand when they become entrepreneurs, like a lot of your work has to do with this. So you have to like know how to market, know how to sell, do all of that, unless you have money to hire a VA, but if you're just starting out, then you don't have the money, right? You have to do everything yourself. And I prefer to do everything myself. Like I made my my time efficient so I can actually do everything myself. Like you, like you want to be independent. I Because I, I don't want to have to manage people. So I'd rather just do everything myself. And I want to make sure it's it, I can I can do it time-wise. So how I shifted is I think May, yeah, I started to think, okay, I was studying for tasks and I'm like, where else can I get my clients? Because I don't want to just rely on Yelp. What is Yelp? Like go out of business or something, right? So I want to have multiple referrals too. Facebook is mainly personal. So I have a Facebook page, but the way it's set up, the more I'm learning, like if you really want to do well on Facebook, you have to pretty much use your personal account to market. And I didn't want that. I don't want to accept random freaking people into my personal, you know, and then my boyfriend didn't like that. It's like he didn't like who's this person commenting on our posts and stuff like that. So he didn't he didn't feel comfortable with that. So I didn't want to do that. And I don't want to make it a business thing. So an Instagram I've tried, but I didn't like Instagram. I hated it in the beginning and I only signed up because of my business. But then now. So I said, you know, where does my client hang out, which is my ideal clients are working professionals. LinkedIn. That doesn't make sense, right? So I think in the beginning, I was just like playing around with LinkedIn. I was probably like sending a bunch of connection requests. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, connect, connect. <laughs> so I ended up being on LinkedIn jail. I don't know if you heard that term, but if you sent too many connection requests and then people flag you, they don't know you or a spam, you'll be on, on a connection request jail. So you can't send connections for two days. And funny, my next door neighbor, he's actually one of the group product manager who created that LinkedIn jail. So no I was like way. telling That's amazing. <laughs> I was telling him about it. Get me out of jail, like, please. Get me out of jail. <laughs> And it was hilarious. Like we were on dinner one time with us, the neighbors, and I was trying to add him. Uh, when I was adding him, that LinkedIn jail pop up. You can't add any more people. You're on jail. <laughs> oh, so it actually says jail. No way. No, no, it doesn't say oh, jail. Oh. It just say it says something like, "Please be more." I think like just only sent to people you know. They they the purpose of the connection they want you to only send to people you know so it's like quality because he said the 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 complaints he's getting is that there's too many spam people just sending random requests and then that's what they're trying to fix so they're working hard to make sure to avoid that spam connection requests got it yeah no i it was like wow i didn't know it, it actually said jail but clearly it doesn't actually say jail it's just making sure that you're somehow connected which is i know that what they're going for so you're you were blindly connecting and you didn't know what you're doing how many connections did you have at the start of 2000 at uh, september 2019 what did you start i with? started 
3,000. 3,000. Wow. And now you're at yeah. 45,000. So from September yeah. 2019 to now we're here in, in almost May of 2020, you've amassed over 40,000 additional followers. So, okay. So let's yeah. keep, keep going though. So you, you said, okay, I'm going to, this is where my audience is. This is, you're, you're not going to just rely on Yelp because what if Yelp goes out of business, right? Yeah. You weren't, yep. you didn't like Instagram. You weren't seeing success with Facebook. Now we come to LinkedIn, which you've had so much success here. And I know a big percentage now of your clientele now comes from LinkedIn. Walk me through how you got started, what your approach was, what you think have been some of the reasons you've had so much success. Okay, so I want to backtrack. Like I, I do want to be very good at two social media platforms. So LinkedIn, I feel pretty good about where I'm at. So I'm actually focusing on inst- growing on Instagram now. So, so yeah, I'm, You're I'm back starting. to Instagram. I love it. I'm starting to like it. But anyway, so I promised myself I want to be very good at two social media platforms. Okay. So as entrepreneur, I'm committed to learning that. So I'm, I have been showing up on Instagram. Now. I'm showing up on live there as well. I'm showing up IGTV posts, stories, blah, blah. So yeah. So back to LinkedIn. Um, I think initially, you know, I don't know. I think like I just start posting and start, um, you know, meeting people and, um, over time that it's just, you know, I think I truly believe like the more time you spend somewhere, you're committed to it. And then like you're just building the relationship with it. So that's why I re- I frame it to like when clients work with me to better with their finances. Like I, I focus on let's build your relationship with money. So I start with the question, how do you feel about your relationship with money? Okay. So same thing with LinkedIn. I was building that relationship. So, you know, like you take time, right? You learn, you learn the platform. You hang out there. As you hang out more and more, you start meeting other people. You have to really think of it like a like a networking. You know, you can't think of it as like, oh, yeah, you're showing up there. I'm going to start getting a lot of clients. So that's not the way it works. So it was like, I, you know, one time, the first time, like I had no clue about LinkedIn. I ended up signing up for this LinkedIn course. Oh, my God. I It was very expensive. I didn't know what I was doing. It was like $1,000 for a LinkedIn course. Wow. And then this guy... I ended up signing up because like, he had so much recommendation, but I did, since I didn't know any better, but if I look now, he barely have any engagement. So when I bought that online course, it literally is about selling cold messages. Yeah, you, you search for your ideal client and set this personal request. I'm like, what? That's like disgusting. I'm like, when come, when people come to your LinkedIn coaching, I don't teach that. Like, I don't teach sales pitches, cold messaging. No, you know, because you have to build like, you, you're showing on social media so people can get to know you, you know, the know, like, and the trust factor. That's what's the important thing. Then over time, you know, then you're going to start having that clients because I didn't get my first client till January. So September, like I was just focusing on just showing up building that network, building that presence. And, and yeah, I think generally, like, I don't know if you saw my, my post, I did a post about breakdown of like how many people I got from LinkedIn yes. from all my clients. Yeah. So LinkedIn was actually the most I ever got. I was actually surprised because I was doing that spreadsheet. I was like, Whoa, LinkedIn! Like I thought it was Yelp, but actually LinkedIn. So that was that was very LinkedIn good. LinkedIn so- comes in ahead. And this is when <laughs> when did it when did it actually come ahead of Yelp? What month was that? You know, I don't know. I just did a year to date. Okay. So so I um I don't I mean that was the first time I did an analysis because like the before I was always just tracking my total dollar. I wasn't tracking the referral source. But I think when someone asked me that when I was trying to offer LinkedIn coaching, that I'm starting to track that thing. So I haven't I didn't made it month by month yet, but I think February might have been I got a lot of LinkedIn clients because February was my highest month 
since I started in my business. So I was really surprised. It was it just showed up. I don't know what happened in February. So luckily that's good because April this month it would have been very slow had I not have other income source. Because when I look at Yelp, I can see the metrics like the views just tank. Like when we start our shelter in place, it literally went from like I don't know twenty views a day to like one view a day. Mm. Wow. So then that it was like it was like slow for like you know a couple of weeks then now I think people are adapting to the new world yeah. so now it's it's going back up okay. again so I, I like I have a lot of lead calls actually from Yelp just last week and this week because they're they're now getting used to this new life <laughs> you know there's a lot of people out there listening to this that may have the desire to start a a coaching business or or start consulting doing something very similar to what you're talking about what would be the advice you would give to that person if they're just getting started out? Because, you know, the blog, I'm curious, did you start that way back in 2016 or did you start that after you quit your job? And would you advise the blog being a part of the overall strategy? And what else would you recommend for someone that's just getting started? Because again, we know that they shouldn't just walk away from their job and then try to start. They should be putting mm-hmm. some building blocks into place. What are those building blocks? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the number one, keep your job while you build the business on the side. I didn't start my blog till after I quit my job. I literally, when I had a job, I don't know. Wait, I did. You know, I did have a blog, but I wasn't like as active. Like, I don't think I was. I d- took it that seriously building my business because I had a steady paycheck. So I think what I would advise someone is actually take it more seriously. I think there will come a time where you just get triggered. Like, I want to quit my job. So at least like, you know, you have built a foundation. So if I could turn back time, what I would do, I what I would tell myself is actually um for take it more seriously, market more, um, show up more on social media daily. I would actually start that much earlier than what I did because I didn't really start being showing up more till after I quit my job because I was kind of sure. like, I was doing it once a week, like when I feel like it because like, you know. It was more casual. Steady, it was more casual. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a steady paycheck, you're not, there's there's no like, you know, you know you're not as like desperate to <laughs> because right now if you don't show up, then you don't make money, then you won't survive, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So think, take it more seriously. If you could go back and give yourself advice, that would be one thing you would give advice on. What else would stand out that would, if you could turn back the clock, as you say, and I love looking at it from that perspective and you could say, now you've learned all these lessons. What are some other mistakes that you might have done or some mistakes that you see other people do that are starting to build their own business? What are, what are some of those pitfalls? Not getting their finances in order, not tracking their finances. So that's a big thing. Yeah, that's that's a great spiritful. Like I, I, the friends that I know who just quit their job and then just went for it, they just weren't looking at their finances. They keep investing, investing in in coaches and all these things, and they don't look at their numbers. End of the day, you want to be profitable. Can you afford this? Can your savings afford this? They always think, oh yeah, because it's considered investment, investment. And I'm thinking. Has that investment come back to you? Because I, I knew, I know someone personally, like he likes to keep investing and investing in coaches, in this, in that. And then for me, I'm not comfortable to invest in a coach unless I know I can afford it. Like mm. I know I can make that money this month. You know, it's like I, I hired a coach right now and then like I had, a, um, I also signed up for this program. You know, like I, I make sure that I, I can afford it, you know, that month. And if it's negative, do I have the savings to pay for it? Then I'm okay with that if I'm going to use for my savings for now. So they just don't look at it. They're like, oh, investment will come back later on. But then like how much longer? So I'm a little bit more conservative in that sense. I know people are more high risk takers. So I don't know. But I, I really think you have to eventually it has to make money so like if you're not making money yet after six months to a year then 
this might not be your calling, then you might have to try something else. So one of the reasons that made me um, quit my job was that I told myself, if a year I'm not going to make money, the worst that can happen, I'll just go back to my to corporate. Sure, <laughs> yeah, you always have corporate, that. Yeah, I know. That's what one of my friends told me. Yeah, worst you can do is just come back to corporate. And then I know I had a lot of naysayers of people saying, no, don't quit your job. But but then those people are the ones who are afraid to ever leave their mm. job. So they're just talking to you from their place of fear. So you always have to remember when people give you advice, they're always talking from their own experience. So you kind of have to like end of the day, you know, you hear what everyone say, but end of the day, you have to see what feels right to you. You know, what what's what's you know what speaks to you the most. What is your truth? So that all boils down to self awareness again and spirituality. Your self awareness. So of course, we all need to hear what other people have to say because sometimes you might not have thought about what they say, right? Then you're like, hmm, okay. Then you compile all that and say, okay, what makes the most sense to me? Then then you still make your own decisions in the end based on what makes you feel good. Yeah. And, you know, there's always going to be those naysayers. There's always going to be those people that are they're afraid themselves. And because they're afraid themselves, they're almost projecting that onto us. And so we got to be really mindful of that. I want to talk about your spirituality, because I think that's a part of you that I think is so important to your success story. It was a catalyst back in 2016. You had this life coach. You've since uh, done so many things to really bring this into your life, focusing on the law of attraction and, and, and being mindful. I'm curious, how do you practice this today? Walk me through some of the ways in which you embrace your spirituality. I know meditation, but, but really just give me the flavor of how do you make sure that this is always a part of your life? I think it's so important. Yeah. So spirituality can be as simple as like, you know, what are you grateful for today? Okay. So I use it every day, whether I'm aware of it or not, or where people are aware of it or not. So for example, I actually did a, a video, posted a video the other day. I said, you know, there are some people not feeling good about the current situation, you know, because coronavirus. So there's nothing you can do right now of whatever's happening out there. The best you can do. Out of do, our control, right? Yeah. you. The best you can do, just wait till the vaccination come out. And, you know, when well, I, actually, that might be our only own hope. So, so like the 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 only thing you can do right now is to take care of yourself. You know, take care of your immune system and then be happy. So, I was telling them, you know, um, so the easy way for me, like how I always lift up my energy, is that I ask myself. You can easily just put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, like, what makes me happy right now? You know, what makes me feel good? Like, like put your hand on your heart, like, like really connect to your heart, and then just ask, like. What will make me feel good right now? What do I f- feel like doing right now? You know, trust me, like some answers will pop up. It always works for me. You have to be in tune. And then another thing is that when you walk around or walk the dogs, like, you know, I always say like, what am I grateful for? Like the little things in life, like my dogs, I have two dogs and they make me happy all the time. They always make me smile watching them play, you know, hugging them. So just little things like that, like what makes you smile? Like, you know, do something that makes you happy. Because end of the day, I really believe we will live to be happy, to always be happy. Otherwise, what's life for? You know, you're not here to be stressed so you can like make a lot of money and then you die and never bring that money. So it's about living your best life, being the most happiest because when you're the most happiest then you can give the most of yourself to people. So that's how I practice. Like it's, it's as simple as that. Just being happy, you know, knowing what your highest self because I believe that when you're happy, 
you're doing the best that you can that will actually and you connect better with your higher self. This concept of the law of attraction and inviting things into your life, does that fall into the what are you grateful or is there another practice that you use to to really ask for things to, to come to you? What's your practice there? ask for things no i think i just do the best that i can and like i I always shift my energy like when let's say um let's say an example let's say maybe i'm starting to get stressed about my finances or whatever like coronavirus whatever then then i'm like then then i stop myself like you know what can i do to actually um to attract that finances into my life so when i get into that vibration i said you know money comes easily to me like i write i read through the affirmation and usually when i and then i say i i am inspired with new ideas like i'll just sit there and like when i say those affirmations when i change my vibration it's surprising that the new ideas just come to me that's also how i get my post ideas some, some like i read you know this affirmation um like i said I am always inspired by new ideas. New content ideas always come to me. And usually like it just pops up like, oh, like that's a cool thing to write. Then I'll actually write it down. Like, you know, I have my notepad full of full of notes what I'm going to post. Sure. And usually like all my content are very spontaneous. Like I decide the day before, like I don't know what to post yet tomorrow. So I'm going to have to go through my notes and like, oh, I feel like posting that. So I'll post that for tomorrow because I only post once a day. So I literally I write it down by end of the day, you know, prepare it. So the next day when I wake up, I'll have it out, out there to post. So so, yeah, it's, it's just when you change your vibration, like. I don't know. Just magic happens. It's 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 hard to it's it's very hard. Like it it works. You know, like love. You can't see love, but it's there. Yeah. You know, you can't see your vibration, but it's there. So you have to believe that you will know it, and then you can just feel it. Like even my 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 friends and my clients, when I tell them, like, you know, making money is easy. Money comes from all over the place. Like when they say that, like it's so funny. Like one of my friends always messaged me. He's like, I told that to my daughter, and then like somehow money's coming to her life now. And then she was like, Yeah, even <laughs> me. Like I'm it. getting like money coming here, ten dollars here or there. So I'm just laughing at that when she messaged it's me. It's amazing, so. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, well, we're gonna get into the lightning round in a moment. I just have one question mm-hmm. that you just made yeah. me think of, which is how we budget our time, but specifically, Mm -hmm. let's face it, as somebody who I've also spent some time on LinkedIn, I got started much later. I've been on LinkedIn since 2007, but only took it seriously in the last three months. But I clearly, to do it the right way takes some time. How do you budget your time? You're obviously somebody that thinks about budget in the finance world. How do you think about budgeting your time with your activity on LinkedIn? Yeah, very, very good question. So I know some people are very anal about Oh yeah, time this, 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 is that. So for me, it's all about energy awareness. Okay. So I know right now like how many client sessions I can have in a day before I feel drained. Okay, that's from history and then because when I talk to clients, I give my all, like I give hundred fifty percent. Like then it drains me. It's not a bad drain, it's just because I give so much of myself, so I, I know like I have to like recharge as well. So for me, three sessions the max per day, like I'm talking about one hour session, not complimentary prospect calls. I'm okay having a lot of that per day, but the real session, like only three a day. So yeah based on like just energy awareness like i'll just like there was a point when like i felt a little overwhelmed by linkedin like ah, like I, I think i'm spending too much time on linkedin so i cut down to posting every other day and then um now i'm back to doing it every day because like i i noticed that 
if I do every other day, I'm starting to feel a little lazier. So for me, it works like every day because like I want to show up daily. I want to show up for people, you know, like when they comment, I want to make sure I respond to everyone. That's how you nurture your audience. I always uh, connect with them too on messaging. You know, I make sure to respond to all my messages, you know, even though I have a lot of unread. So I make sure to check my unread messages all the time because, (laughs) you know, I don't, I don't want people to feel like I'm ignoring them. Well, some people are, you know, deserve to be ignored. Like those are the spam. Like I just spam, sure, <laughs> you sure. know, those sales pitches and stuff. So yeah, it's all about energy. And then I just, you know, just awareness. Just like um, when I start feeling, you know, like, you know, like yesterday, like I, I felt like I was starting to feel bored. Like I didn't feel like doing anything. I don't want to do Instagram, whatever. So what I did was I just went out jogging. So, you know, like I just, I just noticed like what makes me feel good. Mm. And then after jogging, I feel really good. You know, my energy went up. You know, then then I was just back to doing other things. So you you just at end of the day, no one can take care of you best but you. That's, That's why, right. like, it's not selfish. You know, you are your most important person in your life. You have to know how to take care of yourself. No one else can take care of that for you. You have to know what makes you feel good, how to lift your energy. Then you can take care of other people. Yes, yeah, so yeah. true. Oh, I love it. Okay, so let's get into the lightning round. This is a series of quick hitting questions. Just give me your gut reaction response the first thing that comes to your mind the first question is what excites you making money okay <laughs> and i embrace that some people are ashamed, don't be afraid of that it. don't be afraid of that okay <laughs> what scares you well that's a hard question because nothing comes out to my mind nothing really i don't know i think disappointing my clients you know because like my, my clients not um they don't yeah, they don't get what they, they need. Yeah, that, that scares me because I really care about my clients. I really want them to get what they came to sure. me for. Provide yeah. provide more in value yep. than, than you take in payment. Exactly. Is, yep. is what someone taught me and I love that. Okay, what surprises you? <laughs> you asked a very tough question. Uh, what surprised me? I guess just the world, you know, like what, what happened right now, the coronavirus. I'm actually really surprised how bad it got. Mm. Like a freaking virus that nobody can see. I know. Like destroy the world, our economy. Ugh. Can you believe that? It's it's, it's like it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, respect it life. Well, it's, it's not even living, but like yeah, respect. Know. You know, like it, this thing's like nobody. It it the rich, the poor. It yeah, no one can get away from it. It's got no. <laughs> it's got no boundaries. Okay, what book have you recommended more than any other book, and why? The Asin is given, and then uh, you are a badass at making money. Okay. By Jen Sincero. I don't know if you read that. Yeah, those two are my favorite books. I love it. Okay. Who is the most inspirational person in your life and why? My aunt. Yeah. I, I don't like to use like, you know, um, celebrities because I don't know them personally. I'm like, you see what you what they want to show you. So I really don't believe that. I mean, like there are people I like, like Ellen DeGeneres, I like, but I don't know them personally. So I don't want to consider them a mentor inspiration, you know? And your yeah. aunt and your aunt was was special to you, or is special yes, to you? Yes, yeah. yes. She was the one who taught me, you know, to be good with money. She was the one who taught me to be independent, you know, because she came to America by herself. At I don't know, probably around my age too. And then she 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 made a living out of it. And then she she um petitioned for us. If it wasn't for her, I would not be here. So so there's a lot of things that um you know I'm very grateful for my aunt about. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, if you could yeah. spend one hour with anyone, mm-hmm. living or dead, who would it be and why? Michael Jackson. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so now that's a celebrity. Okay, I'm he would be an amazing person to to have have, 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 have for I don't know him personally, but I I really love his music. Like the 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 Billy Jean. Like it's 
I don't know. It's just, I just love it. And I was so sad when he passed away. I, I cried. I was like, yeah, he's like, I don't know. I don't know him personally, but he seems like a good person. I really, and I want to get to know him more. That's why I want to spend an hour with him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. If you had the chance, what would you tell your 20-year-old self, the same person that came here as a 20-year-old, what would you tell mm -hmm. her? I would tell her, find yourself. Hire a coach, hire someone, find yourself. That's very important. I was lost. I will, Trust me, I was lost. And all that stuff... Yeah, I think if I find myself earlier, I would I would have found happiness and success much earlier in life. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any regrets in life? And if so, what are they? No, not really. I think I learned a lot of lessons from all my regrets. But I think like what I could have done better is probably um I even wrote an article about it. Um, I my biggest financial mistake was short selling my home after the housing you know the housing market tank. But everyone was walking away. I short sell my home. If I could turn back time, I would never have short sell it because mm. Silicon Valley, it just sure. went up. I could rent it out for like much more than my mortgage, even though, because like, again, when the market tanks, it's a soft loss, right? Like I, that was way before I became a financial coach, 2008. So even like investment, it tanked, but it, you don't really lose money till you sell it. So yeah. I was reminded, you don't lose till you sell it, then That's you right. make it a reality. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. What achievement are you most proud of in your life? Just quitting my job and just, I mean, just being independent. Everything I have, all the money I, I made are all I work hard for. Nobody gave me money. Nobody, like, I never even got RSU or whatever. Like, I work hard for every dollar that mm. I have. Like, I didn't get it from a partner, a boyfriend, or whatever, or parents. Like, it's all from my own hard work. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so we've learned a lot about you, including that you're a Michael Jackson fan. What might surprise <laughs> the audience that we haven't yet learned about Christine Tay? I don't know. I don't like to cook. <laughs> ah, what's your favorite food? I, I like everything. Uh, not everything. I, I, I don't like pizza. I don't like I don't like sandwiches, but I like a Korean. I like Indian. I like Ethiopian. I like, um, you know, I like spicy food. So. Uh, oh, you're making yeah. me hungry. Okay. When, <laughs> when this all breaks down, I'm going to, when I'm up in the Bay area, we're, we'll get some spicy food. Cause I'm a huge yes. spicy food person. Oh, as well. I, I, I miss it. I miss the hot pot. I, I, miss, like, so oh, much. I love the hot pot up there. I used to go all you the time. You can't take out. There's no takeout. I know. I'm a huge, I'm a huge ramen fan. I finally just got some takeout ramen. Cause my takeout ramen place is open and I did yeah. the whole, you know, cleaning and all that. Okay. Yeah. Last question. What is next? I know LinkedIn Live is one of the things that's next, but what's next for you? How can the audience find you? Give us anything that would help um, with you and your business, but what's, what's, what's kind of on the horizon and the vision for Christine Tay? I want to focus on growing on Instagram. So that's next. So I'm focusing on learning on Instagram. Yeah, live. Well, live is uh, LinkedIn live is very part of LinkedIn, but I'm just gonna have that more consistent. But yeah, Instagram. Like I, I'm, I want to be big there, and I'm, I'm only less than 600 followers, so that tells you how I don't know anything about Instagram. So I'm really dedicated to um to wanting to learn that. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time there learning the platform. So I wanna start having clients from Instagram, and you can find me on Instagram on on LinkedIn, or I'm also on Facebook, but it's just a business page. But if you want to get to know me personally, you know, if I don't know you, we're not yet friends. So connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, just connect with me. I mean, I accept almost everyone right now till I max out my connection request. Then I will start cleaning up people. So yeah, Christine Tay, and then um, I'm on Instagram as Tay Financial Coaching. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you, learning from you. 
You have an incredible story, and I'm so pleased to have had you on Insight Out. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insight Out. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I really hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in your career, in your business, or in your life. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform. This is extremely helpful, and I can't tell you how much I would appreciate it. Also, if you haven't checked out our website yet, you can find us on the interweb at insightoutshow.com. On the site, you'll find tons of great content, including all of our podcast episodes, videos, blog posts, and the all-important link to support this show through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's an amazing platform that helps creators gain the support they need to continue creating. And remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out. Oh, my God.